Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3, and read down to verse 9. We're just going to kind of take this passage and discuss something that I believe uh, we need to hear uh, right now in this time. So, if you would, uh, you can turn uh, on your Bible or on your phone, wherever, to 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We'll read there and then go uh, from this passage into what God wants to say to us tonight. Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's talk tonight on this subject, joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these wonderful people and New Life Church. And God, I'm asking tonight that as your word goes forth, that it would find each person that will view or hear this right where they are, in their home, in their car, in the store, wherever they may be viewing this or listening to this now or in the future. I ask, God, that your spirit would take this word and seal it in our heart that we would never be the same and that we would truly understand and appreciate what you have done for us in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. This first uh, epistle of Peter, this letter that Peter wrote uh, to the churches, and, and, and he's writing it to God's elect, God's people, the people of God, the church of God. Uh, he, he lists uh, his audience uh, in the first part of this chapter to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit which is the work of the Holy Spirit initially with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit when you were initially filled and then as you have been filled, the life you live after being Spirit-filled, the Holy Spirit in you is continually working to sanctify you, to make you right, to make you clean, to make you whole in every area of your life, your mind, your heart, your desires, your actions, your words, all of that, the Holy Spirit is working to sanctify. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say to be obedient to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's work in your life is not complete if it does not cause us to be obedient in our life to Jesus Christ. And then it also says, and sprinkled with his blood which the work of the blood and the power of the blood of Jesus uh, is, is initiated uh, when we repent of our sins and we turn from that lifestyle to pursue a life uh, pleasing to God according to God's word, according to God's way, according to God's will. And then we are baptized, water baptized, immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ talking uh, with a friend of mine the other day and he was giving me a little bit better understanding on how uh, the people in, in the early church understood baptism. The name of Jesus basically means salvation. Jehovah has become our salvation. Jesus, that's the name of Jesus. Jehovah, God has become our our salvation. And so when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, baptized, immersed, when you are immersed, you're basically saying, I now immerse you into salvation. That's why the name matters. That's why the name of Jesus is absolutely vital and absolutely a part of the foundation of everything we believe. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you are being immersed in salvation. That's why Peter told us in Acts 4, there is no other name under heaven given to us, made available to us, whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And so when you were baptized in the name of Jesus, it wasn't just another name spoken over you to fulfill some religious obligation. No, you were literally being immersed into salvation. And if you remember that day, you need to be excited about that. You need to rejoice in that. And you need to thank God that moment you were immersed in salvation. Your life was never the same. You were forever changed because Jesus makes the difference in every area of our life. And because of Jesus, we now have hope. And if you believe that, say amen. And, and so the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're now walking in this new, this newness of life that, that Jesus has for us and planned for us. We've been immersed in salvation. The Holy Spirit's filled us and now we are, we are sanctified. We are set apart. We're different and we are uh, in this new life. And the Holy Spirit is working in us to make us obedient to Jesus in every area of our life. 
as we continue to walk with him, as we continue to grow, uh, as we continue to mature as a child of God in this new life. Uh, we need to understand that we cannot forget the initial moment that caused our life to be forever changed. We can't forget it. We can't forget it because of this fact. If we forget that, we will forget why. What does that mean? If we forget what Jesus has done for us, if we forget the fact that a life with him is better than a life without him, our worst day with Jesus is still, uh, you can't even calculate it. It's way better than our best day without him. Our worst day with Jesus is still way better than our best day without him. And we can't forget these things. We face trials, we face tribulations. Uh, even though we may have been born again, we still make some dumb decisions sometimes. We will make mistakes, we may fall, we may mess up, we may, uh, as I said, make some decisions that will cause uh, our life to uh, have a difficult season. But yet, we cannot allow all of that to cause us to forget. Why? Because God deserves our praise and we need to remember in our opening text, in his great mercy, we need to first and foremost be thankful for the mercy of God. Because if it wasn't for the mercy of God, we would have no hope. If it wasn't for his mercy, we don't even have to worry about being saved because there would be no hope of us being saved. So in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. We are born again. We are now uh, a new creature and we are in the process of becoming completely new. We are setting aside the old man. I, I, I don't want to forget this new birth experience and the door that it opened for me. His mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope. Our hope is not just some potential opportunity, but is a living, true hope that it is real. Our hope is real. It's not a religious doctrine. It's not a religious, traditional mindset. Our hope is real. Our hope truly does exist. You need to believe that. I need to believe that. And because we believe it, we need to let our life show that we believe it. I believe I have a living hope. That's why what's going on in the world around me doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't get in me. It doesn't cause me to, to get all bent out of shape or all worked up or all upset 
I have a living hope. I'm different. I, I don't have to be like someone in the world without hope. I have hope and it makes me live differently. And this living hope is made possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus rose again on the third day. Because he got out of that grave. He got up and he is now alive forevermore. That's the reason why we have hope. If Jesus was still in the tomb, we would have no hope. But Jesus is not still in the tomb. Doesn't matter what some people think. It doesn't matter what some people's idea of Christianity is. We know, we believe that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And because of those three things, human history changed forever. Now hope is available to whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. It's available to whoever. It's available to whoever wants to be saved. It's who it's available to whoever desires for their life to be changed. They can come and experience this new birth, this salvation, this living hope because of the mercy of God and the fact that Jesus Christ got up and came out of that grave and now is alive forevermore. That's the reason why we have hope. And we cannot forget these things. But now we have an inheritance. Our hope and our inheritance. It's not some financial inheritance. It's not some trust fund set aside for us in the natural. Uh, it is an inheritance that is incorruptible. It is an inheritance that is beyond this world, beyond the world system of what we are living in today. This inheritance we have, it can never, it can never perish. It can never spoil or fade. This inheritance has no end. This inheritance has no expiration date. The shelf life of this inheritance is forever. It's never going to perish, fade, or spoil. That's the type of hope you have. That's the type of inheritance you have. If you have experienced the new birth that Jesus died for you to have. And the reason why this inheritance lasts forever is because of this. It's not a part of this world system. It's not in this world. It's not of this world. But it is reserved in heaven for us. For us. In this verse 5 or the end of verse four, where it says this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, it defines who we are. The ones who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation 
that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We are in the process of being saved right now. But one day when that trumpet sounds and we are instantaneously changed from mortal to immortal and we see him as he is because we will be like him, you're saved. You're safe. You're saved. And this salvation is ready for us. So we must keep the faith we must continue to keep our faith and put our faith in God because when we do, the power of God shields us. The power of God keeps us. Whatever the enemy tries to bring at you because of our faith in God, God's power goes to work on our behalf and we can overcome anything because God is on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us. And then verse six, this is where it really gets um, powerful. And it also gets very crucial. We must remember this portion. Everything we've talked about is true. Everything we've talked about, I believe and I trust you believe. But now we've got to remember this next part. Verse six, in all this, everything I've said, everything we've just covered, in all this, you greatly rejoice. You greatly rejoice. We need to understand that if we believe this, we also need to rejoice. If we believe everything that this passage has stated, everything that I have said, I need to rejoice in it. You need to rejoice in it. Don't just say, yeah, I believe it, but celebrate it. If you believe it, celebrate it. If you believe it, rejoice in it because you have a reason to rejoice. You have a reason to celebrate. You have a reason to be excited about this living hope that you have. And this greatly rejoiced statement that Peter makes, it means to exalt, to gush, to leap, to jump for joy. It's that type of rejoicing. It's that type of joy that you and I need to have because the level of hope we have is so great that it warrants that type of celebration. It deserves that type of rejoicing. If you know you have hope, you should look like you have hope. You should act like you have hope. Your, your, um, your persona, your personality, your uh, very uh, spirit should be gushing with this joy that you have because you have something that has changed your life forever. You had no hope, but now you have hope, a living hope that has an inheritance that lasts forever reserved for you in heaven. And so Peter says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Just because 
we live for God, we are a child of God and we have a hope in heaven does not mean we're not going to go through seasons of difficulty, trial, heaviness, sorrow, temptation, tribulation. But the theme of our life should not be heaviness because even in trial, even in seasons of, of grief or, or even in seasons of suffering, you don't have to have the type of heaviness as if you have no hope. Paul said, I, I glory in my tribulation. Everything I've been through, it's but a light affliction. Because when I think of my inheritance, when I think of my hope, everything I'm facing down here is just but for a moment. It's just but for a season. In Isaiah, we read to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How do you combat seasons of suffering? How do you uh, endure seasons of trial? Praise. The answer is praise God. Your life may be difficult right now. Praise God. In the seasons and trials that I have been through, in the times of testing, in the seasons of heaviness I've been through, the thing that got me through it was praise. It was worship to God. It was rejoicing in what I have. I may not have this right now. I may have suffered this right now, but I do have this. I may have had a setback here, but I still have hope. I may have experienced some suffering here, but I still have salvation. I may have endured some heartache and some trial and some tribulation here, but I'm still going to rejoice in the fact that God is on my side, his spirit is in me, his blood covers me, and Jesus is with me through it all. I still have something to rejoice about even though I'm experiencing some trials in this moment. No matter how dark your day is, you still have something to rejoice about if you are a child of God because no matter what may be taken away from you down here, nobody, no thing, no trial, no tribulation can steal your hope. And because you have a living hope, you should rejoice. And even the trials that we face, it's all to prove the genuineness of your faith. Life will come at you. The enemy will come at you. God will allow us to go through things to prove us and to test us and ultimately to strengthen us. Even in a season where it feels like we're being crushed, we're actually being made stronger. All of it is to just simply prove you're the real deal. So, the next season you go through where it feels like you're being crushed, where it feels like you can barely hold on, you need to lift your head and stand to your feet 
and proclaim, I'm the real deal. I'm going to get through this. God is on my side. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My faith is not fragile. My faith is real. My faith is being proven. And I'm going to come out of this stronger than ever before. And in the middle of it all, I'm going to rejoice greatly rejoice because I have a hope that nothing can destroy. And all of it, let it result in the praise, glory, and honor that when Jesus Christ is revealed, and even though we haven't seen him, we love him. And even though we do not see him now, we believe in him. And we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. You've experienced salvation. You're in the process of being saved. And one day you will be saved. Saved from the wrath that is to come. Saved from condemnation in the lake of fire. Saved from an eternity without God, but now we have been saved to live forever with him, an inheritance that is incorruptible, a life everlasting with Jesus, a living hope. That's what we have if we have been born again. So rejoice because you have a joy that's unspeakable. You should have a joy that's unspeakable speakable. And this is the statement that was put into my spirit that led to this um, message tonight. There is nothing stoic about being saved. Say that out loud. There is nothing stoic about being saved. Basic definition, I'm not going into the whole philosophy of Stoicism and all of that. Um, just the basic definition in Merriam-Webster Dictionary is that a wise man would keep himself free from passion and unmoved by joy or grief. Passion in the right context, is actually a good thing. And being filled with joy and being moved by joy is a good thing. And we're human. We're going to grieve at times. Even this passage that we read for a little while in certain seasons, we suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We don't need to be the type of Christian that we don't acknowledge trials and tribulations and hardships, but we acknowledge them while still acknowledging that we have a hope that's greater than our tribulation. There is nothing stoic about being saved. There is nothing stoic about being sanctified. There is nothing stoic about being set apart. We once were in darkness, now we are in light. We once were lost, now we're found. We once were dead in our sins, now we are alive unto God. 
We once had no hope. Now we have a blessed hope of eternal life with Jesus forever. There is nothing stoic about that. There is no reason in these statements that I made that we should not be moved with joy unspeakable. That is a reason to celebrate. That is not a reason to remain stoic. That is not a reason to remain unmoved by joy, but we have a reason to celebrate and we should be gushing with joy unspeakable because we who were in darkness are now in light. We who were without God in the world having no hope are now a part of God's holy nation with a hope that is incorruptible, an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us. If you believe that, say amen. This joy unspeakable statement is this. In what uh, Peter states in the King James Version, uh, he, he says in verse 8 of our text, whom uh, having not seen you love and whom though now you see him not, you still believe and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. Rejoice with joy unspeakable. This joy unspeakable statement is a level of joy in your life because of your salvation. That level of joy is so great that you are incapable of putting it into words. But that doesn't mean that you just remain silent. That doesn't mean that I'm so full of joy and I can't put it into words that I don't say anything. No, your face should show your joy. Your actions should show your joy. Your lifestyle should show your joy. Your worship should show your joy. Your praise should show your joy. Your prayer should show your joy. You may not be able to express this joy unspeakable in a properly constructed sentence or paragraph or statement, but there's some way, somehow, you can express this joy. It may not be pretty and it may not seem proper to some people, but you're so filled with this level of joy that you now have because of your living hope that you begin to greatly rejoice in this joy unspeakable. This level of joy is so great, words don't do it justice, but you still exalt the name of Jesus. Every area of your life, joy is just kind of gushing out of you. It's like a it's like a fountain springing up into this great river, this water. You, you have this hope that is just bubbling out of you, if you will, and this joy that you're rejoicing in. It's causing you to leap, to, to jump for joy. You're so excited that it doesn't just stay in you, but it affects your body. It affects what you do with your body. You can't really put it into words, but you're so excited and so filled with joy that you just jump up and down. When someone's team wins in the final seconds of the game, 
people are jumping up and down. Words can't adequately describe the joy they feel, so they jump. You know, people close a deal in business, and it's a great deal, and they can't express the joy that they have, so they celebrate fist pumps, high fives, shouts. Maybe someone does jump up and down. It just depends on what you're passionate about. What you're passionate about is what you'll rejoice in. That's why I'm not intimidated by people that judge praise. Because you praise whatever you're passionate about. If you're passionate about Jesus, you'll praise him. If you're passionate about Jesus, you're going to rejoice. If you are excited about the living hope that you have and the fact that you, you who have been born again, have an inheritance in heaven waiting on you, if that really gets in your spirit, you will rejoice. Rejoice with joy unspeakable. Leap, jump for joy because you can't put into words this joy that feel, fills your heart, this cheerfulness, this gladness, this just this level of living that is not bogged down and weighted down by the cares of this life because you have hope of eternal life. Let me say it like this. If you don't have joy, you're missing some revelation about your salvation. If you have struggled to see the joy, if you have struggled to feel the joy, if you have struggled to have been filled with joy, you are missing some revelation about your salvation. You can have joy in this life even in the middle of chaos. And yes, we go through seasons that are hard and weighty and sorrowful and there's some suffering. But even in the middle of all that, you can still have some joy. And you can put yourself in remembrance of what you have. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, even in the middle of my trial, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, even in the middle of my suffering, the hope I have, the joy I have, the salvation of I, I've experienced is so great that even though I'm suffering right now, it begins to pale in comparison to what I have waiting on me, to what I've experienced and the goodness of God. I'm going to remind you, it's okay to be excited. It's okay to celebrate what Jesus has done for you. And it's okay to celebrate the hope that we have. In fact, we should celebrate it. And we should rejoice with joy unspeakable. Praise Him every moment you get. Worship Him because He's worthy every opportunity you get. 
because those things help keep the joy. And we need to have joy unspeakable. If 2020 was ever a year to have joy unspeakable, we need to have it. So I encourage you every morning, jump out of bed and remember the joy. And every time we come together to worship, pray and praise God together, let it be from a joyful heart. Don't allow your mind to be consumed with all the things going on in this world or all the things that could be better or all the things that aren't being done right or the, or the trials or tribulations that you're facing in this life. But set your affections, your mindset on things above and remember the joy because you have hope. You have hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we have a living hope and an inheritance that is reserved for us in heaven. And God, I pray that we, we would remember these things and let our heart be filled with joy unspeakable. And every opportunity we get, let us not neglect to express that joy to you through praise and worship and celebration and thanksgiving. And help us, God, to be so consumed with this joy unspeakable that it naturally affects how we live and help us to have a burden and desire to share this joy unspeakable with those around us so that they too can experience this blessed hope that we now have. We thank you for it and we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.